Welcome to the Trusted Advisor Podcast brought to you by Iroquois Group. Iroquois is your trusted advisor in all things insurance. This week, you are listening to Charlie's Corner, a segment hosted by our very own Charlie Venus. Welcome to today's podcast. We have a great guest today, uh, Matt Kirk, Senior Vice President and Chief Sales and Distribution Officer for Small Commercial at the Hartford. Welcome, Matt. Well, Charlie, great to be with you, and uh, thanks, thanks for having me. I look forward to, uh, to getting into it today about what we're seeing in the marketplace and, and everything we're doing together. And what, have, what have you seen on the client side, the, the customer side, in terms of their ability to recover? And going forward, what will Hartford do to try to push to help customers develop disaster recovery or business resumption plans? Because I think a lot of customers learn that they they need these plans and that they've probably been resistant to putting them in place previously. You know, everything from the basics, like, you know, do they have laptops they can bring home and, and actually log into whatever the business needs were and operate from home if they were the type of business that, that could get their business done um, from home. And so you had the very basic questions of, routing of phone lines, ability to log in and just process the daily activities of the business uh, to, you know, what was what was the way they were going to engage customers, um, depending on what business they were in. Could they engage them virtually? You know, there was obviously a ton done in the telehealth space. And then if they were going to keep their business open to foot traffic, say they were an essential business, you know, what adjustments did they have to make uh, everything from you might have been a veterinary practice, you know, are you meeting someone in the parking lot and taking the pet in those types? So so there were a host, depending on the business you're in, a host of questions. I think at a very basic level, if your business model was not in a place where digital transactions. So in the insurance case, it could be, you know, processing a certificate of insurance or an endorsement. But things that things that you might email back and forth or called somebody on, you know, many people didn't even want to receive mail, you know, so they wouldn't they wanted to process everything digitally. They were nervous about, you know, touching their mail as it was coming in. And so the transition for many, many businesses, including our agents and um, and their customers to a digital world, well, it might have been progressing at a pace. It went through the roof. Those are the types of things I think going forward that people now realize they have to be able to be digital and they have to be able to be operational somewhere else that that right out of the gates, we, we saw that. From a business standpoint, uh, clearly, you know, the pandemic had an impact on small commercial, probably more so than uh, the middle and large accounts. You know, what kind of results did you see in the second quarter from a bounce back? What's the forecast for the third quarter? And give me your perspective on the what you see from an economic recovery standpoint for the fourth quarter in, in 2021. You know, from a second quarter and just just the trend line, and then I'll comment on the economy broadly. Uh, what we are seeing is no surprise. The employment dynamics are reflected in the workers' comp line. So, you know, depending on what your level of payroll is, how many employees have come back or how many you have um, employed, you know, that is certainly there. We're seeing some real strength in the in the BOP line, the property and liability. I think a lot of that is the businesses that have stayed open, 
um, and or uh, I think as a carrier, we're, we're feeling some real strength. We have a new product in that space that uh, we've had a very good reception to. So I described, you know, the, the, those two lines are in a, in a slightly different place based on the economy. And then to your broader question about the economy, you know, there's lots of forecasts out there. I know the Federal Reserve uh, put out put out a new forecast in uh, in mid September about what they expect in 20 and expect into 21. But uh, but obviously, you continue to see um, high levels of unemployment. You do see some good numbers on business starts, but those business starts are likely you know, either an individual who's just doing something different on the side. I don't, you know, you're not seeing any any broad-based rebound by any stretch. You do see elevated business starts, but I think you got to really get underneath the number of what the business is. And so we continue to manage through obviously a negative GDP and a high unemployment. You know, if you if you look at what the Federal Reserve and others have said, that obviously continues into into 2021. You were mentioning the resilience of some of the businesses and one area particularly in the small business side where people change was, you know, restaurants, they started delivering. What kind of impact did that have on on you from an auto standpoint? And if you can give me more of a perspective, because auto is such a troublesome line for, for everyone, what you're doing on the auto line of business? Good question. We did allow uh, our restaurant book, so our, our our customers to, if their operations did change and they were they started doing delivery, but that wasn't originally. We obviously uh, allowed them to endorse that on and and were able to adjust those policies accordingly. So we did make that accommodation in order to help them make sure they had appropriate coverage for their operations, even if when they had first booked the policy, that was not where what they intended. And so the auto line, uh, you know, I think generally, and I, you know, this would be what the in, a lot of folks in the industry have seen is because there's obviously less traffic on the roads, uh, you are obviously seeing some benefit on the frequency side. If you look forward um, in the auto line, you know, as it's, as it relates to the behavior of drivers and the issues people face with distracted driving, uh, the severity uh, on the loss side of of what people are seeing, you know, if the roads were were back with their normal capacity, um, a lot of those things still are out there. And so, what I would what I would guide your your agents, uh, Charlie, is that the activity in auto reflects you know the economy at the moment, um, the underlying dynamics around the auto line itself. As you go forward, uh, you know those those sorts of things. Uh, still remain. And, and, you know, as the activity on the roads, you know, picks up, you still have to make sure that the line, everyone is trying to get healthy. So the line will still be taking rate. Um, no, there's no no doubt about that going into uh, 2021. Okay. Now, when you look at, um, uh, you know, property has got a similar similar issue. And I think for small commercial, it's probably reconstruction cost is probably going to drive most of it. What do you see on the on the you know the business owner policy side from a property perspective? Yeah, so I'll speak only really in this uh, answer to the BOP itself because I think there's you know the property it, depending on if you got all the way up into that you know large property space, there'd be different dynamics and certainly on liability uh, as well. So, but just to the BOP, so to our product in the and small commercial, it is a very, very stable product at the moment, meaning um, it's in a strong place. 
there's 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 a little bit of rate that ref, but but nothing is nothing like the auto line and so very very stable product i think is what our agents and 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 their their clients are feeling right now which is a good thing much i think a bit of a different story you know at, than the middle and large and the and the large specialty space on both um excess liability and or you know property generally in that marketplace if from what what the, you hear in the industry but the bop line, I think, yeah, what what Iroquois agents can can expect and and their clients expect is it's in a very very stable good spot, and uh, and so that's that's a good story. No no big swings one way or another. And Matt, for the listeners today, and you don't need to go into great detail on this, so as concisely as you can, if you were from an exposure standpoint, defining small commercial now. Because I know the, you know the exposures have crept up uh, you know over the past couple of years. So if you can uh, define that for the listeners. And so what I think surprises a lot of agents um, oftentimes is how large an account from their perspective, from a premium and a revenue to the agent actually goes into into small commercial. And uh, just last comment on this, you know one of the important things, for Iroquois agents, uh, certainly, and, and, and agents is that we don't have any gap. So that is to say that you know, with small rights, you know, we write up to a certain exposure base, and then middle takes over. And one of the things that uh, we continue to make sure uh, we're working with your agents on is that they know that that they don't have to eat, sleep, and breathe these definitions. It's really our job to make sure that when we see that see that submission, it lands in the right place, whether it belongs on a package or a bot. But there's some pretty large ones. I'll give you just a couple. You know, if I think of real estate, we'll do, you know, 40 million of property value. Uh, if I think of financial services, we'll do 15 million of payroll. And I won't go down the whole line, but I, it generally tends to be bigger than the agents realize. Yeah, and I know since my days at the Hartford, those those exposure bases have uh, have crept up. So, you know, Hartford's always been viewed, in my opinion, as, uh, as the, certainly a leader, if not the leader, and from a small commercial uh, standpoint. So let's talk about what's next in that, you know, from a technology standpoint, ease of doing business. Uh, you, know, you know, you mentioned a new product a few minutes ago. So take us, walk us through that. We'll, uh, maybe we'll, we'll peep or parse some of these things out a little bit here because there's so much that is uh, coming or alive that that uh, is out there for for agents and ultimately for customers. So maybe I'll start with the digital side and then we can kind of, you know, uh, jump through. Yeah, that would be great because we have a lot of interest uh, from the agencies, you know, on the digital, yeah. it, it, digital it, side of the house. It's so important. And obviously, as we spoke at the beginning, Charlie, the, the dynamics of what happened with COVID really brought this forward for, for so many of our agents. So I'll start at the agency level. And when I think about what a transaction looks like today from a servicing perspective or engaging through your agency management system and then um, our electronic business center, the volume of transactions, so I'll make sure I get my stat right here. Daily transactions, I'll just give you a sense, in January, and then if I fast forward to August in our EBC, which would be kind of you know where your agents go to do their service transactions with the Hartford, jumped 63%. So they went from 809 on average a day in January to over um, 1,300 
um, as we round the corner into the fall. So that just gives you, and we're obviously a large, uh, small commercial carrier. So it gives you some level of just as a macro matter, the volume of transactions an agent is executing with us on the service perspective through ABC has jumped 63% this year alone, just January uh, through August, and it continues to go up. And what do, what do I mean when I say that? Think payroll changes, mailing address changes, certs, BORs. If I could guide uh, your agents at, at Iroquois, I would say the things that you wouldn't be doing digitally will now be truly minor as a percentage and they're gonna be the complex and maybe a complex endorsement that you're calling in on or something. But if it is, if it falls in anything that feels routine, it should be done digitally because it's real time. So it's one and done, it's accurate obviously, and it's over with and you can see it done. So at the agency level, if I was to fast forward another nine months, Charlie, I believe truly um, the only transactions that are you know, really gonna be handled by a person, meaning you're, you're talking to our team, uh, and we have regional service teams dedicated to, uh, from a people perspective, are gonna be the more complex. Routine transactions that, that are, if it's agency serviced, are gonna be done, done right there. So, so that's really moved a ton. We're really excited about that. Um, COVID helped. You know, candidly, that's an area where agents really did start embracing digital and it's only going in one direction. The one thing I'd leave you with on the agent on this question would be what we find and we're working with our agents on this is oftentimes they are not utilizing the full capability they are already paying for in their agency management system. So whether it be claim download or policy download or the ability to you know bridge data straight into ICON, things like that. Um, which is our quote rate issue system. Um, there's so much there that they can be taking advantage of today. And so we do spend a lot of time not just talking about what you can do in the EBC, but also talking about likely whatever agency management system you have, which you can be getting digitally uh, there. So I'll pause there and then I can move over to the customer side and, and beyond, but just see if you have any follow-up on the agency side. Yeah. Well, I do have a follow-up on that in um because you said COVID's kind of moved this digital process along. And, you know, given the, the economy that we're in right now, and we've, uh, you know, hopefully the recovery is, is the V-shaped recovery, but what can, what are you doing and what can you do to help the agents from a marketing standpoint in terms of digital marketing campaigns to try to get out there and drive new business? Because, the conversations I have with the agency plan is, you know, they're struggling. They were kind of waiting to go back to normal and normal is going to be, you know, at least another six months, nine months off. So what do you have that they can use to help them market for new business and small commercial? What I would say there, what we're finding in our own surveys, and I think what agents are finding as well, is that it's not business owners want to talk to somebody. They really do. And especially in a market where there's a lot of things going on with their own business and its needs, they might be doing more than they ever thought they were going to be doing from a technology or digital perspective. And now they're worried more about cyber than they have been before. Their operations might have changed. They might be doing something different now to promote their business or sell things than they were when they first booked their policy. 
And so business owners, what we're finding is just at a, a very basic level, I think there was a hesitancy, which um, interrupt them and, and, and reach out to them and talk to them um, because you felt like maybe you're interrupting them, they're dealing with so much. But, but what we're finding is a real openness to engage about their business today, what it looks like today, and then get the advice and counsel from an agent about what does that mean from an insurance perspective? What should they be buying? What do they need? So the first order of business, which you know, you're, you, you know well, is make sure you are externally engaging and you'll find we believe that uh, that business owners are open to a Zoom to talk about what's going on with their business and talk to an agent about that may mean or need for them. Um, so that's just at a very basic level. Then beyond that, I think um, really importantly in this time is what are their needs? So when, when you think about that, that very basic needs analysis and you say, well, what are they doing today? And what does that trigger from a coverage perspective? And, and how do I consult on that? We have, you know, the new product we rolled out actually has coverage consultation live right there as you're quoting it. So it'll say, you know, businesses like you tend to buy this. So, so the agent has that. And then it explains both the coverage itself and the description for the client as to what does that mean? Why would you buy that? So those things are live and happening. And as you build the policy um, and you choose those different optional coverages, you know, you can really tailor that policy to that specific client need. Let me give you some stats. So we've seen a 5% increase in the take up on our stretch, which as you know, is, is basically a, a property uh, expanding coverage um, depending on, on your industry. We've seen an 8% take up on our cyber um, we've seen um, 5% take up on the E&O. So what we're seeing is as the agent is getting that live activity as they're building the quote coverage council, they're really providing good, good advice to the, the client and they're buying um, as they need that type of a coverage. So, so that's the first thing is assume they, the, the business owner wants to talk to someone. And then secondly, assume your coverage consultation has never been more important and then draw on the assets to help me you know, make that tailored to their needs. Well, it, I saw a similar survey uh, and it was more geared to middle market, but it echoed everything that you just said that, that people are really dying to talk to an agent right now. And that the the whole pandemic has put them in a position of really just talking to somebody to really understand their coverages that they currently have and what they really need. It was an industry study more focused on middle market, but the responses were very similar. Uh, so that that was actually, I mean, that was great, Matt, just given that recap. Uh, but I did want to get back to what, uh, you, you know, from a marketing standpoint, what you have that an agent can use when they are looking to, for new business uh, in terms of doing a, you know, a marketing campaign on a specific industry, specific territory, whatever that might be, you know, what tools do they have av- available through the Hartford? I would bucket them in the two areas, the, the ones that you know, agents uh, have come to know when you, when you have both our own uh, available training, which we've had a ton. I, I saw some staggering statistics just about you know, getting them in a position where they're comfortable talking. So we do the training and help them talk about the product. But, um, and then also in that bucket, then 
designing things that they can co-brand and go out to uh, prospects with around, you know, you're in this. And again, it's all about tailoring. Uh, in fact, Charlie, it's so important. I, I don't want to lose sight of this, this topic, which is we often find people don't even like to be referred to as a small business. They want to be referred to as, no, I'm in the accounting business or, you know, I have a, a retail shop where I sell this. They're very, it's very important to the business owner when you're speaking to them that you're thinking about the business they do. They don't, they don't want to be broadly categorized. And so when you think of marketing to them and the assets that, that we, we support your, your agents with them, you really want to be tailored if you were going out and you know, prospecting or bringing something forward to them. I'll give you just one thing that we've seen a, a, an explosion of this year is payroll billing. So we are up over 100%, and we're pretty big in this space with our agents just this year. And, and obviously, in talking to clients for our agents about taking their workers' comp and going to payroll billing so that their actual bills, their workers' comp premiums reflect their actual payrolls. So think of a time when payrolls are moving all over for a lot of businesses and cash flow management is at an absolute premium for that business owner. Um, this has been something that getting that customer on payroll build workers' comp so that they eliminate their down payment and their work comp premiums reflect their actual payrolls. And of course, then you minimize the audit surprises um, at the end by doing that. So if I was to guide, just take that one thing. If you were going out and talking to especially a seasonal type client, you know, it could be someone landscaping. It might be someone who's, you know, their, their payrolls tend to fluctuate, but a lot of people's it, it, it well beyond seasonable. As you, if you were marketing to them and you just said to them, well, how are you, how is your workers comp structured? Say, I don't know. I probably make a down payment and I don't know. Then I get these audits. I mean, those are the likely answers you're going to get from yeah, a client, right? That's right. Well, if I'm an agent, I say, well, how'd you like to not have a down payment? How'd you like to have your premium reflect your actual payrolls and minimize any audit surprises? I'll bet you get a second phone call. And they might say, tell me more about that. We have seen that, as I said, the agents are taking advantage of, we have over 500 payroll companies integrated into Icon. So you just pull them in the dropdown, you know, you say to the customer, which payroll provider to use, and then they can go right on payroll billing. So that would be another a key capability that is really important to small business owners as cash flow management's a premium. You know, those those would be a couple couple ways that you know I think going out to clients and and having either the coverage conversations or capability conversations and using our assets to drive that uh, conversation is is an area that uh, hopefully can help generate some new business. So the next thing I wanted to move on to is given is to ask you about the gig economy. I know, you know, you do a lot of business in that space already, uh, but what you see developing there and then anything else from an emerging market standpoint. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's an interesting time because we are seeing, uh, you're seeing in industries, so I should make this a broader statement, a lot more employees being 1099 employees. And, and it's really not specific to any one thing or another. And of course, that brings a whole bunch of coverage questions, um, not only to, you know, what type of insurance that uh, person may or may not need, depending on how they're set up, but then also, of course, 
to a business owner who may have someone who is 1099, but be on their premises um, and doing some type of work there, you know, much like the way you'd think about in some ways, the construction industry, when you have subs coming on your, on, uh, we see that often uh, with people say technology consultants who may get a contract with a larger company and they're going on premises and doing some work for them for a shorter period of time. You know, what type of coverage does the, the person who's uh, having them uh, under the consulting contract require of them in order to come onto their premises? And so, so this is an area where uh, we do, as you point out, we do ensure a lot of uh, those folks. And I think it's an area that's growing, but um, knowing the differences from an opportunity perspective um, inside that as an agency, meaning um, it's really important, as you know, from a financial management of the agency, you know, what's the acquisition cost of the new client? What is the likely retention, meaning are they going to be a consistent client of yours? And then ultimately, you know, what is what is the ongoing revenue stream look like? And so I think in some ways, the other decision, if I would guide agency owners on on this question is, you know, as you think about that client base, uh, the sort of gig, it is very different um, depending on the way they're structured, what they're doing as to the likely, um, you know, is it, is it going to be an accretive uh, client to your agency from a financial perspective? And so big differences there, but, but certainly a growing and I think can be an area uh, where an agent should be opportunistic about the style of that kind of gig worker and do they look like someone who who ultimately is is going to be accretive as a, as a client to the agency that's one thing i would say there i'd say there's a whole separate area of called you know, some more usage based insurance that is is um, i'd put it much more in the emerging space of is there going to ultimately be say for someone who's doing some interior carpentry or something like that or they actually only turn on their insurance or buy even their insurance for short periods of time, depending on their jobs. And again, for, for an agent, that would be a, a question around, if you were gonna look at that space, how does that work from uh, your own expenses to provide and, and do that coverage against, against the, the ultimate uh, revenue to the agency? The final one, Charlie, that I think is out there is obviously e-tailers, I would call them, sort of people who are online sellers, whether through Etsy or Amazon or, or places like that, where they've got a little business. Um, they may sell something through a platform and, a, and there's likely a, a GL and, and depending need there. So lots of areas to, for agents to educate themselves on. And I guess my only guidance to them would be uh, you want to ask you know, those second, third, and fourth level questions as you're talking to someone engaged in that as to how, do, how is that client likely to play out as part of your portfolio? Uh, because again, there's some, as we know, all the expense usually tends to be upfront. And are you going to be able to amortize that over the life of the client? Yeah, because that you got to wonder how sticky that business is going to be. And then, then the other piece is it's got to be the ease of doing business has to be there. On that ease of doing business topic, I think it's a good segue to service centers. So mm -hmm. how are the service centers doing and what do you see expansion, expansion of the service centers, given everything that you just said and, and even trying to bring in more products into the service yeah, center? Very good question. And so in small commercial, anything we sell in small obviously can, can go into the service center. So that's just kind of a simple way to think about the service center. 
And it is a obviously very large part of our, our business. I, I won't use the actual numbers, but it, it is a big, big part of our business. We are seeing it grow um, as we're seeing our agent partners really want to manage their own expenses and, and look at service centers as part of that, that management. So it has been a growing piece of our book of business, and I would expect that to continue. I think some of the activity on the agency side, you know, the, the, the volume of the M&A transactions and the bringing together of large organizations have introduced, in many ways, you might have one agency that was you know, 80% of its small commercial was in the service center. If they acquire an agency that has only 10 they're bringing that experience to that agency. And so it's a peer-to-peer sale in effect on the use of service centers versus the carrier kind of, you know, talking about it to the agent. So we, we expect it to continue to grow and we expect it to become an even more important component of an agent managing its overall margin. Let me give you one other thing on that, Charlie. I think it's really important right now is we're also seeing a massive take-up rate in what we call my account, but the way to think about it is um, it's it's the mobile response that's customer facing from a service perspective. So just think of Iroquois agent signs up a new small commercial customer, and then that customer's offered the ability to register for my account. And they, you know, just like you do anywhere else in your life, you register for it. Well, what we're seeing there is then that customer can do many of those transactions, whether it be paying a bill, getting a cert, could be getting auto ID cards, whatever it might be right there. And that is of no expense to the agent or the customer. Um, it's just it's just giving them a customer experience that meets, meets what they want. We are seeing a large take up there as well from both our agents making sure their clients are using my account. And then of course, clients transacting business there. And the way I would think about that, and this is really important for agents is, if in the client's mind, the transaction they need to do is simple enough that they should be able to do it on their phone. They're going to figure out how to do that. How many times, I always tell people this, have you spent 30 minutes on your phone trying to get figure out how to get something done that you might have been able to solve in a couple minute phone call? Because your expectation generally in the world is that if you believe you should be able to get it done mobily, you're going to get it done mobily. And so I think that's another piece of the service center the agent using the EBC, and then the final leg of that stool, I would say, is the client side. Are they using, in this case from Hartford, the My Account technology, all of which lowers the expense coming into the agency of you know dealing with incoming email or phone calls and the cost of those transactions. Yeah, and, that, and then I assume on that, if there's any question, uh, if it's going to the service center, they're going to get back to the agent on yep. that. It all downloads real time. So any activity, it's a great question. I'm glad you asked that. Um, any activity, if the client you know, pays a bill, gets their cert, that then downloads right into the EBC and the agent will see it. So they will know exactly what their client was doing uh, in real time. If it's a policyholder serviced, then any question the client would have would go to our PHS team. And if it's agency serviced, any question they have obviously goes to the agent. Well, Matt, this has been great. Unfortunately, we're out of time, but we we could continue this conversation uh, for quite some time. Thanks again for being with us today. Let me just close by saying thank you for for hosting me. Um, Obviously, this has been a a longstanding and and just wonderful relationship for the Hartford and being partnered with your, your agents across the country. So I just appreciate the time to spend a couple minutes with you. Thanks, Charlie. Thank you, Matt. Have a great day. 
Thanks for listening to this edition of Charlie's Corner, brought to you by Iroquois Group. I am Edwin K. Morris, and I invite you to join us for the next edition of the Trusted Advisor Podcast.